So we should be live. So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. Uh, so very sorry. We're starting 30 minutes late because again, I change no settings, but yet for some reason things don't ever work. It's it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. Gremlins. I'm only 90% sure that it's actually working. So when and if we have someone watching, I might ask them specifically to help us out. But we're going we're gonna to move on as if everything is working perfectly and uh, we will see what we, sh- we shall see. So welcome to Detention Live. I, of course, am your host, Michael. You can find me and all that I do, or most of what I do, at the RPG Academy. Joining me, as always, on Detention is my co-host, Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. And back for a special encore appearance is my favorite co-host and yours, the Caleb G. Caleb, buddy, how are you, sir? Good, good. Howdy, everybody. It is good to be back on the mic. I've been doing a lot more on the mic recently, sort of. You you have been, and it's been a very welcome uh, change. Uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, but uh, Detention's actually your baby. It was your show. You came up with it. I only took over because you stopped and then it's kind of been mine ever since, but I think it was you and Matt put this show format together like seven years ago. Back in the old days when, when we barely knew what we were doing. Oh, that's not true. Uh, New York Taters in the house. Thank you, sir, for joining. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely a, a pleasure to have Caleb on the mics. Anytime I can get you back, I will. Um, and we're going to just jump into detention. It's going to be a little bit different tonight because our used book section is going to be a little different, but we'll explain that when we get there. Uh, so we're going to start off as we always do here on detention is extracurricular. And this is where we just talk about things we've been up to, things we want to share with strangers on the internet. It could be books we've been reading, <laughs> movies we've been watching, games we've been writing, uh, charities we've been part of. And uh, we'll just, uh, we'll start with Chris. Uh, so Chris, tell us what you've been up to, right. buddy. Mostly right now, I've got a lot of uh, scouts pushing to get Eagle Scout. So a lot of projects with them, a lot of merit badges, a lot of Eagle Border reviews, which is going to lead to more Eagle Scout Court of Honors, which is a lot of fun. Um, other than that, uh, just wrapped up watching the Moon Knight series. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really, really liked it. Now, I'm big fan of the Egyptian mythology, so when they throw that in there, huge fan of it. Uh, I really like the way that uh, Oscar Isaac, I think I said his name right. I always flip his names for some reason. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I thought he did a phenomenal job with literally playing the different characters in his own head. Uh, it, I just, I really liked it. It it, it hit all the boxes for me. Uh, it, it wasn't your typical Marvel movie, in my opinion. Yep. Or Marvel show. Uh, a really good origin story to me. Mm-hmm. Or discovery, I guess. Wasn't really his mm-hmm. origin, but kind of a discovery of his abilities. So, really liked that. Um, other than that, uh, just getting ready for Sunday when we get to uh, run the Star Wars box set, which is great because if I had not figured out how to get this audio to work, we wouldn't be doing that either. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we've kind of been talking about it for a little while. Uh, we're going to be launching a new actual play series here as a stream, which will also later come out as an audio only, very similar to what we do with detention. Uh, I'm currently calling it the sample adventures. That's probably what it will stick with because I can't think of anything better. Uh, and the idea of the show is that we are going to play uh the sample adventures that come in the various games or books or settings that we may have. So we're going to try to run it as close to as written as we can and just one, try to have fun, but two, see, does it 
actually do what it says it does as far as like teaching that particular game or that particular setting, highlighting what makes that uh, setting or game unique. Uh, we're going to start with Star Wars just because we have an expert Star Wars GM. Uh, you know, I, I know a guy who knew a guy. Uh, but as we go, we're going to be branching out into other games and other settings. I believe Alien RPG is next up. Uh, and Big Al is going to run that for us. I don't know if this is going to be every other week or once a month. It will probably be sporadic. Uh, but yeah. what about you, Caleb? What have you been up to lately, buddy? Oh, man. So we we moved and got a house last year. Uh, so now that the weather's nice up mm. here in Northeast Ohio, we've been starting yard work. Yay, which fun. is not fun. But luckily, oh. we have a really small yard. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not doing as much backbreaking stuff as you've been doing. But... Uh, we we're trying to figure out what to do with the house and and all that kind of jazz, so that's taken up a big bunch of our time. Um, we are looking at schools for our kid to start in the in the summer and or fall. I have been working at home with her since we moved, and that has been an experience. <laughs> oh, trying to do something for the summer. Um, been playing. Identico. We just wrapped season one of Chaos Incorporated. Um, what we did finish Moon Knight finally the other day. Um, definitely late on that one, but really, really good show. I read somewhere that he was actually acting against his brother yes. for all of those scenes where it was both of them simultaneously. Super oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah. Super cool. Um, I was a little bit confused about where it sat in the timeline of the mcu yeah i don't think we have any uh signposts for that i think it is Uh, supposed to be somewhat ambiguous by design but i don't know uh speaking of matthew you mentioned him a while ago he is uh an easter egg fiend and he has told me and i have no reason to doubt him that there are details in the background that indicate this is all post snap because Mm -hmm. there are details about the like Whatever the GRC, group, there's like, thing. there was like, yeah, one thing of the GRC in the background. Yeah. So that's, I believe him. So whatever. Uh, and then other than that stuff and just trying to cope with life, I have also been doing um, a new charity program related to gaming and podcasting called 0.5 Past. And we're going to hear we more about, about later. in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually, I really like Moon Knight as well. I've heard a lot of mixed to negative uh, reactions online and a lot of the various podcasts I listen to. Sorry, my dog's barking downstairs. Uh, but I actually thought it was really good. Again, I think Oscar Isaac is just a phenomenal actor. And, you know, just for that alone, just watching what he's doing, especially once you've seen all the episodes and you kind of know what was only hinted at earlier, because uh, I went back and I've been rewatching it now because the wife did not watch it the first time. And seeing some of the subtle things that he does in individual scenes. I mean, it's just, it's a masterclass in Mm -hmm. acting. Now the story is a little muddled, but I think some of that again is by design. I really like um, Arthur Harrow as a, as a villain. I've heard Mm -hmm. some like, you know, kind of a dud villain. I, I kind of like this sort of calm, you know, he's not hysterically evil. He's just like, he's assured in what he's doing. He doesn't think he's the villain, which is a great, you know, thing for villains. They they always think they're the hero. Absolutely thinks he's the hero in this story. 
Um, I love some of the supporting characters, even though there's not many characters in, in the show. I'm trying to be vague by design here. Right. Uh, but I think the supporting characters, the, the main other supporting character, I'm sure you both know what I'm talking about. I, I was, thought was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I really did. I enjoyed it top to bottom. I really hope that Moon Knight comes back in either another season or in, you know, in some of the movies, I'd love to see that, that character play against Blade mm-hmm. or the Black Knight or just, you know, um, Doctor Strange. It's be interesting to see how that goes. What if they? I mean, you had Hawkeye. He's passing the torch off to uh, a blanket on her name. Doesn't matter. What if he moves to the West Coast? Meets now, up again, with Moon I'm Knight. Old West Coast Avengers. I've mentioned many times. I have almost every issue of that comic series. I loved it. That is where I. That's where I learned to love Moon Knight. Was right. in the West Coast Avengers. So I would be all for that. And I know a lot of the actors in the Marvel universe, the, you know, the uh, elder statesmen have said, yeah, we're kind of done. I don't think Chris Evans is ever coming back. Maybe like a nope. one-off cameo at some point, Robert Downey Jr. Obviously has stepped away. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's like, I'll play Thor until I can't lift the actual hammer. And uh, <laughs> Jeremy Renner has been like, yeah, I'll, I'll play Hawkeye as long as you'll let me. So I would be excited to see something like that happen. Yeah. And uh, to relate it, relate this to gaming. I think uh, the depiction we've seen of Moon Knight is a excellent depiction of the warlock class. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you got your patron, your powers granted by, uh, by yeah. your patron. Yeah. The, the patrons basically forcing you to do things and uphold your bargain. You may or may not agree, but your life is on the line. I think that's a pretty good dynamic to mirror if you're playing a, a warlock. Yeah, fair. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, but speaking of, of that, like media and uh, role-playing games combined, uh, I released an episode recently of Film Studies that I'm very happy with uh, over the Three Musketeers movie, the 1993 one with Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, and Oliver <laughs> Platt. I, I think that is one of the best episodes we've ever done. Absolutely loved the way it turned out. I think there is some just straight up solid gold DMing advice kind of buried within that. Um, and then Calum had to outdo me and he released his um, <laughs> A Knight's Tale, which had James D'Amato as well as Scott. I can't remember his last name. Uh, it's also a very, very good episode. So if you, uh, anyone who's listening is interested in looking at popular media through a lens of role-playing games and seeing what we can learn and, and take from that, both of those would be excellent examples uh, of our podcast only show to take a look at. All right. Well, I think that will mostly do it. Again, I did see Doctor Strange. No spoilers. I really liked it. Again, I've also heard somewhat mixed reactions. I loved it. I love Sam Raimi. Again, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. I watched that movie so many times. I th- I'm a big fan of The Quick and the Dead, which is actually going to be my next film studies. This movie feels very much like a Sam Raimi movie. Uh, maybe at times more so than it does a Marvel movie, but for many people, I think that's the where people are having trouble is that, is it a Marvel movie or is it a Sam Raimi movie for the people who love Sam Raimi? It's not maybe Raimi enough. And the people who love Marvel, it's like a little bit too much Sam Raimi for me. I love both. So it's like, you know, Reese's peanut butter cup, two great tastes, tastes great together. I loved it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it again soon. This is my boomstick. Exactly. Shop smart. <laughs> Shop S smart. <laughs> which is a lot of role-playing role games all the time with uh, completely out of context. Uh, thank you, Remy, for uh, jumping in. He's here with us tonight as well. 
All right, so we're going to move into our first improv game. This first one is called 10 Things. The idea of this game is that we are going to prompt one another in turn to come up with a list of 10 things. Uh, the idea of the game is immediacy is more important than accuracy. So coming up with a list quickly is better as far as the game is concerned than actually taking your time and coming up with a good list. Technically, Caleb, you are the guest tonight. So would you like to give a prompt first to Chris or I, or would you like to receive your prompt first? Sorry, I was going to make a dumb joke. I'm not. Are you a giver or a taker? Oh, I I'll I'll be a taker tonight. All right. Uh, So, Chris, do you have anything (laughs) off top of your head? Because I can come up with one. But do you have something? Uh, Sure. Before we actually started recording, we were talking about uh, your new studio there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how about you give me 10 things that you could have used to stick that foam to the wall? Gotcha. Okay. So chewed up bubble gum. One. One. Uh, uh, spit out food for my toddler. Two. Two. Uh, the weird gunk in the sink that I haven't figured out what it is yet. Three. Three. Uh, some other weird gunk that's coming out of the heating ducts that I got to figure out what it is. Four. Uh, all of the squirrels that are around my house that are very, very aggressive. Five. Five. Um, dead leaves. Six. Six. Um, Green apple licorice. Seven. Seven. The 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 sticky stuff that came with it when I bought it that doesn't work at all. Eight. Eight. Scotch scotch tape. Nine. Nine. Uh hopes and prayers. Ten. Ten. Yay. Yay. That is in fact a list of ten things. All right. So Caleb, you will now prompt me to come up with a list of ten things. All right, Michael, give us ten things that you expected to see in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, but you did not see. Nick Cage is Superman from Superman Lives. One. One. Um, Nathan Fillion as Wonder Man. Two. Two. The uh, David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. <laughs> David Hasselhoff as Michael Knight. Four. Four. Um, a guest cameo of Sam Raimi as Sam Raimi. Five. Five. Um, the six fingered man, six, uh, the, the swamp of despair, seven, seven. <laughs> four out of five of the monster squad, eight, eight, uh, the fanfic of myself with a mustache, <laughs> nine. nine, pickle Rick, 10. Ten. Yay! Yay! That was in fact a list of 10. All right. So I will finish the circle here with Chris. Uh, so Chris, give me. 10 alternate titles for a West Coast Avengers style team. Ooh. Uh, all right. Uh, not quite the Avengers. One. One. Uh, good weather Avengers. Two. 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 Uh, we just want to be better Avengers. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three. Please pay attention to us, Avengers. Four. Four. Uh, why do you keep forgetting about us, Avengers? Five. Five. Uh, the B team Avengers. Six. Six. Uh, why did I just blank on it? Uh, we need help, Avengers. Seven. Seven. Stop picking on us, Avengers. Eight. Eight. Uh, we're a little more liberal than we should be, Avengers. Nine. <laughs> Nine. Uh, and. 
uh, we're taking over the MCU. Get over it, Avengers. Hey. That was, in fact, listed to things. I uh, can't believe you didn't pull Great Lakes Avengers, uh, which were actually in the oh, West Coast yeah. Avengers. I forgot about them. Yes. Uh, all right. Let me adjust this a little bit here. All right. So tonight for, for used books, uh, rather than talking about a campaign that we have played in, we are actually going to talk just about this new charity that Caleb is a part of and uh, talk a little bit about what it is for, what they are doing, and then maybe some ways we or anyone listening could support. Uh, so the charity is called 0.5 Past. And to let's start with what the hell does that mean? Where did that name come from? It's a Star Wars reference. That's it. Uh, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I do not know what that reference is. Millennium Falcon makes 0.5 past light speed. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So So, there we go. So here's, here's the story of how I got that name. Um, I've had this idea about doing this this charity project for a very long time. And I am very obsessive about naming things and doing things in the right order to the point that I cannot work on things if I don't do them in the right order. And I had not been doing any work on this because I couldn't think of what it should be called. So uh, last year, last year, yeah, last year uh, was the first time since the pandemic started that we had a physical ride for Pelotonia which is a charity that fights cancer, pelotonia.org. And that is what I am kind of channeling my charity work into. And I was down in Columbus, Ohio at a hotel for the Pelotonia weekend and being on the, the, the height of the pandemic or tail end, but it was still going on. I stayed in my hotel room the entire time, except when I was riding my bike. But also because when I went to the the launch party, I walked the wrong direction for two miles and didn't want to walk two miles back to the hotel and two miles the other way. Mm. So I stayed in my hotel room and ordered a pizza. And it just so happened that one of the cable channels on the TV in the hotel was literally running every single Star Wars movie in sequential order the entire dang weekend. Oh, wow. So I watched a lot of Star Wars <laughs> and one of those times when, when New Hope was on, I heard Han say that and I'm like, oh, that's the name. And then at that point we have been moving along, uh, definitely not doing as much work as I would like to be doing with uh, with day job and life and family and all that stuff. But we are starting, uh, I'm, I'm okay with a slow start and we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the Millennium Falcon, you know, reliable, yeah. right? Hi- yeah. The hyperdrive is is just in backwards right now. Uh, I'm just, I'm <laughs> I gotta work working on, on it. it. Yeah, he's yelling at me. It's it's very frustrating, but we'll get there. So, quickly speaking of Star Wars, um, my kids really like the original Star Wars movies. They've watched them a couple times. Uh, they've also watched the the last three. Really like Force Awakens. Um, they were not as high on the Last Jedi. Uh, and none of us cared for uh, Rise of Rise of Skywalker or whatever that stupid last one was. Um, and I pretty much just said that, that the first three don't exist, like the the prequel trilogy. Like we've just said, those don't exist. You don't ever need to watch them. But they're getting interested in like Rebels and Clone Wars and the new Obi-Wan show. So we decided that maybe it's time. And we as a family watched uh, Phantom Menace. Ah. And their verdict was, 
it was okay. Which is actually kind of happy because if they had like loved it, I think it would have hurt my heart a little bit. <laughs> but they sat through it and they're like, okay, I get what they're doing, but I don't think they succeeded very well. And I was like, that's actually for me a pretty mature and reasoned opinion on those movies. So yeah, it was still kind of a positive uh, experience, you know, because again, I didn't have to like hang my head in shame that these boys actually liked that movie. But they also didn't hate it because it is Star Wars and it still has some, you know, good moments mm-hmm. in it. So that was fine. Um, it's, it's a good story told poor. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. It's, it's yeah. a great concept with this evil guy laying siege to his own planet to take control of the Senate. It's just told poorly, which is Spoilers, why. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Senator Palpatine. This, I don't know. Actually evil. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, if George Lucas had just done what he did in the first or the original ones, hire somebody else to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not good at telling the story you come up with. And I mean, proof, proof in point, we are in a golden age of Star Wars right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who, who has the reins? Does not he? him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mandalorian, we, so much has stemmed from that. Uh, the, the High Republic stuff that's in the books and the comics, all of that stuff is so gorgeous right now. Yep. Yep. But Boba Fett, not so yeah. much, but Those, there were a couple episodes that were really good. Yeah. Kind of like mid, mid end. Those are great. Yeah. 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 Uh, but again, that's another one that I think was, uh, wasn't even a good story told poorly. It was just a, Hey, let's throw something against the wall and get it out there. Well, I mean, it, I'm by no means an actual expert and we're getting way off topic, but just I'll wait in here. (laughs) The problem was that the Mandalorian TV show was based off the blueprint of the Boba Fett TV show. And they made a really cool show, but then they're like, but Hey, we still want to do the Boba Fett show. So how can we do that? We'll not make it exactly like the Mandalorian. And it didn't make any sense. Like that's not the Boba Fett. No one wanted to see, we wanted to see Boba Fett like the Mandalorian going around, like I'll bring you in warm. I'll bring you in cold. That's what we wanted to see, but we've already got that. So it was basically a superfluous show. It didn't need to exist at the time that they were going to come out with it. And the, the desire to try to make it different so that it wasn't just Mandalorian 2.0 failed miserably. Uh, and again, I don't fault any of the yeah. people involved the concept. I think again, my opinion, uh, but anyway, we'll circle Should, back to the charity yeah. here. So what exactly is this charity doing? Like, uh, obviously it's Star Wars named. So is every activity you're doing Star Wars related in some way? Have you actually done any drives that we could be a part of or anything so far? So uh, the Star Wars is, is the theme, is the inspiration, is uh, the foundation of everything we do. Um, Right now in May, since this is Star Wars month, we have released a, some Star Wars content. Uh, there will be more Star Wars content coming later this month. And then um, what other things we have out there right now are really just tabletop gaming related and inspired. Um, but we will continue to do Star Wars things uh, when, when, the, <laughs> when it comes around, uh, when it's tied to big Star Wars events. Um, at the end of the day, what we're doing is what kind of all of us are doing here in the podcast world, we're making gaming content and putting it out there. So my goal here with this project is to uh, do something I enjoy and have a passion about, which is podcasting and gaming, but use that content 
to draw attention to charities. And right now, what we're basing this on, uh, a charity that I have been working with for a very long time, Pelotonia. Um, This is a cancer-raising charity. It started here in Ohio, in Columbus, 14 years ago, 15 years ago. We're right in that range. Um, Charity has raised millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, we, We have funded and built massive cutting-edge, bleeding-edge technology here in Ohio, uh, down at the university in Columbus. Uh, It has a worldwide footprint, worldwide reach. We bring in the best uh, doctors across the world. We make cutting-edge equipment. We fund cutting-edge research that other people might not fund, purely based on the, the charity work and the donations that us as bike riders do. So at its core, while we raise money in a variety of different ways, the, the Pelotonia event in Columbus, Ohio, every year, a few thousand people get together and ride a bike through downtown Columbus. The same bike? Sub- yes. It's really, really hard. We're on each other's shoulders. Yeah. You don't want to be on the bottom. You don't yeah. want to be on the top. M- middle no. to low. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think at its peak pre-COVID, we had like 10,000 riders coming through Columbus out into the suburbs. Some people ride 20 miles. Some people ride 200 miles. Oh, um, yeah, I, I ride 20. <laughs> um, but obviously things changed a little bit. But at its core, we are all united in one cause, one goal, um, 100% all in to just raise money for this cause. Cancer hits all of us. We, we've all lost someone. So that's what we're doing. Most people work, get, gen, get donations through fen, friends, family members, outside events, um, bowling nights, nights at the races, you know, they do it at work or whatever. I said to myself, I'm good at riding a bike. I'm not the best at asking people for money for no reason, uh, even though the cause is important. I'm also pretty good at podcasting and gaming. So what if I could somehow get some content out there for free? So that I could feel better saying, look, I'm putting out this free content. If you want it, it's free. Take it. If you throw five bucks at Pelotonia, please do. And at the end of the day, that's the minimum donation, five bucks. So if you go to point5pass.org, which uh, Kaylee from Redemption helped me build. Thank you, Kaylee. Um, Because I don't know how to use a web builder and I'm almost 40. Um, So if you go to point5pass.org, you will see all of our games and content that we have. And then there's also a direct link to our team at Pelotonia. So if you donate, you you do not give me any money. You do not give my website any money. You go to Pelotonia's website. You give them a donation directly to them. It's tax deductible. You get that receipt from Pelotonia. I am not a middleman. I take no cut out of anything. And that's what I'm asking. I'm, right now, we have some written game content. Um, I'm working on some, a couple podcasts for later this year, like special miniseries events like they do with Obi-Wan. Um, and we're going to be kind of building that momentum and that library uh, over the, the years that we're doing this. So is there anything in particular you want to call out that people might be interested in that's available right now? Oh, yeah. You know, right now, um, you, you want to play a Jedi that survived Order 66? Because on Star Wars Day, we put that game out. It is called um, 
a less civilized age. <laughs> and this is a single player role playing game. Uh, if you would like to journal while you play that game, those prompts are included and those instructions are included. Uh, but it really is a single player role playing game. You can create your Jedi and then deal with the aftermath of Order 66 and see if you can escape or if the Empire or bounty hunters or the Inquisitors catch you. Very cool. I'm currently working on a, a solo journaling RPG myself. So that's a, a particular I, interest of me. Yes, I know. You inspired me to do this one. Yay. And you got done um, way quicker than I did. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. not as, as good and fancy. I don't have that amazing artwork that we've been seeing on the Discord. Um, we have, I have another game out there. Um, this is a group game. Uh, very, very silly. It's called Everything is Cake, where... Uh, the cake memes of hyper-realistic cake are taking over the world. Um, some of the other things I do, I write pages of plot hooks for a variety of role-playing games. Uh, I've gone very, very general by genre. So like urban fantasy games, high fantasy games, cyberpunk games. And these are just pages of a couple sentences of plot hook. So if you don't know what to do for a one-shot or you need some inspiration for your game, Right here, just pages of ideas to use in your own games. Uh, I'm also doing what's called campaign outlines, where I write out the structure of a full campaign, but kind of fit, leave these blanks for you to fill in. So I give you an idea, a structure. Um, this is intended towards a little bit more of a seasoned gamer or narrator or game master, because I'm asking you to kind of pick the mechanics um, build the story, work with your players. I'm giving you a very, very high level bullet point. Here's a concept. Here's how the story moves through acts one, two, and three, but you need to fill in a lot of, uh, a lot of the blanks. I personally like that because I have trouble coming up with ideas. So mm -hmm. I thought <laughs> uh, if I could give you an idea, you could probably do the work by flipping through the book of your game of choice and find some mechanics. Um, since this is the continuation of Star Wars month, since we do have a huge Star Wars show coming out in a couple weeks, we are going to have two more Star Wars games coming out. Um, one of them is going to be about being a bounty hunter, and one of them is going to be about being a smuggler. Yeah. And so just to clarify, because you've mentioned several times the we, uh, if you don't mind, who else is involved in this process, project? uh it's kind of the royal we oh, okay okay but, <laughs> that's fair um, I, I use that myself i just wasn't sure i want to give credit yeah. if there's anybody out there that was like helping you i mean let's uh let's let's give a shout out to old old name and voice of the show that we all love so much matthew parody matt is my sounding board he's a writing partner he is uh, the voice of sanity in the crazy in my head sometimes so while he's not 100% writing this stuff with me. He is a driving force behind all of it. Plus, he knows Star Wars way more than I do. So sometimes I just ask him questions instead of Googling because mm -hmm. it's faster. Uh, and then our friend Corey Strain, who has been on a variety of podcasts, uh, is also a sounding board and partner as well. Okay. And one more time, the website, it's point five past. Is it spelled out as the five a numeral? So the website is point five past all spelled out dot org. Okay. And our social is P the number five and past because everything else was taken 
Thank you, social media. <laughs> Weren't the first on that one. So I feel yeah. like I've been asked the most questions, Chris. You're obviously the big Star Wars fan as well. Uh, do you have any questions about the content or is there anything in general you want to ask Caleb about the charity? You, you explained it really well. I mean, obviously it's a project and work and I mean, I have some ideas we could talk about later um, that might spark some more ideas for Please. you type of thing. So, um, you know, let us know what we can do to help. Yeah, uh, I, I always love running games, playing games, whatever. And I have some get... free time coming up. Yeah, throw throw me some players. I'll play. Yeah, or, and uh, ulti- ultimately, I want this to be a collaborative project. While mm-hmm. I may be the driving force behind it in my mind, and in its perfect iteration, this is a collaborative project between all of us that are gamers and podcasters. Um, we all do this kind of work. We all love this kind of work. We're doing it already. If we can collaborate on something that we have a passion about and put it under this umbrella to point an audience towards what I believe is a very crucial cause, I, I think it's a win-win situation for all of us. Um, eventually, what I would like to do as well is open up special projects to special charities in need. When we see something that is an urgent nature, something that comes up that we really feel about, feel strongly about, that we vet out, that we know is crucial and important, I would like to be in a position to do a, a weekend stream or put a game together or throw a podcast together very quickly and say, hey, we're doing this, we're jumping online next week, next month, and uh, donate here, and it goes to this because there was an emergency or a crisis. And that's the world we live in right now. Um, We're not there yet. I'm trying to start slow and get to that point. But in my perfect version of this project, that's where we're going to be. All right. Very cool. Well, uh, happy to have you back anytime and check in and help promote and, you know, anything we can do, obviously consider us a, an affiliate of uh, the charities as however you see fit or would like to, to be affiliated with us. Cause some people probably wouldn't, can't blame them. <laughs> I just assumed, I just assumed you'd be on board. So thank you. <laughs> Very easy. Uh, yeah, easier yeah, read. Pretty much. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move into um, New York Taters' favorite part of the show, maybe the only one, and that is our other improv game is Where Have My Fingers Been? Uh, and in this improv game, we're going to once again take turns prompting one another, and this time we're going to prompt us to come up with a short scene that involves two, maybe more, characters uh, that we are going to puppeteer our little fingers in this scenario. So, Caleb, once again, you are the guest. Would you like to receive a prompt for the scene or give a prompt for the scene? I will receive again. All right. In that, uh, in that mood. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're a very uh, receptive person. Generous right. that way. All right. So first of all, <laughs> you have fault. to sing the song. I assume you remember it. Hold on. It's been a long time. My fingers been, where have my fingers been? All right. Your fingers are at a stop sign. Confused why 10,000 people have just ridden by on the same bicycle. Hey, hey, roll down your window. What? Roll down your window. What? Did you just see that? Uh, no, I was looking at my phone. I'm in this, this automatic car, so I don't have to look up. There, there was 10,000 people on one bicycle. It was, it was so tall. Oh, you know, I lost service for a second. They probably blocked cell signal. That's really inconsiderate. Yeah, I guess so. I hope they don't fall. That would, that would hurt. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go now. Okay. 
Hey. That, was, that was where my fingers have been. Sorry, I forgot how it ended. Yeah, there you go. You, you got you to tell us it's over. Otherwise, we just think it's all part of the same thing. We're still in the same thing. It's been a long time. It has been. All right. So you will now prompt Chris. Uh, where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Uh, Chris, your fingers are two people uh, walking into a park ignorantly misunderstanding a a very large gathering that is happening okay. ouch why do we always walk into this park we should just use the path but what are all these people doing here i don't know what do you think they're doing i don't know they're all huddled around one big bike yeah that's weird Oh my gosh, is that, is, that, is that the Caleb G getting on first? <laughs> I think it is. And, and that's Michael getting on next. Oh, those poor, poor guys. It was nice knowing them. Bye. And that's where my fingers have been. Yay. <laughs> well done. All right. So, Chris, you will finish this uh, uh, circle up here. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Uh. You are two new voices in Moon Knight's head. Are you screaming goofy at me? Right, right, cheerio. Uh, we've already got one of those. <laughs> Throw another shrimp on the body. Mm, no. Oh, well, my lucky charms. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't even start that one. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, can you do any voices? I can do a foghorn leghorn. I say, I say, I say, no, you actually can't. Damn it. That was like my go-to. Where are we? I kind of forgot. And that's where my fingers have been. Hey. Hey. All right. So we're going to wrap up the show. I was expecting your Jamaican impression. (laughs) (laughs) It's been so long since I've heard it. Uh, yes, in fact, uh, you can't hear those because I have deleted all of the episodes where that voice was in use because I have been told that despite my best efforts, came across pretty racist. And so, yep, those have been removed from the website. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I tried. I really did try hard, but uh, yeah, it was, it was not good. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the show tonight with cryptozoology. Uh, this is where we take a look at a monster, usually from D&D, but not always. Talk about some ways that maybe we have used this monster in the past if we have, and then we maybe brainstorm some ways that we can use it in the future. Uh, Caleb, you were the guest tonight, so what monster did you want us to talk about? Uh, tonight, I have picked the Tarrasque. I believe it's pronounced Terrascue. Sure. It's that big thing that yeah. is really hard to use in a game because you can never that, kill it. That was always the uh, it's somewhat of a running joke, but also misunderstanding as a, you know, Southern Kentucky boy. Uh, people told me that it was pronounced Terrascue and I didn't know any better. So that's what I called it for years. I mean, it, those are the letters. Those are, those are I mean, the letters. Yeah. I don't know if you can see that or not there. All blank. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So looking at the fifth edition version, uh, it's on page 286 of the Monster Manual. The Tarrasque is a, where's it at? Challenge rating 30. 
It has legendary resistances, magical resistance, uh, reflective carapace. Uh, it's a siege monster. It does siege damage to creatures. It can multi-attack, fightful presence, bite with just ridiculous amounts of damage, claw, horns, tail, has a frightful presence, can swallow uh, creatures, which is not good. Uh, but now I know in the older versions, the only way to kill a Tarrasque was to like get it to negative 300 hit points and then use a wish to kill it. I don't think that's in fifth edition, but that's really? the only thing I remember. Yeah, um, it was negative, negative 50 or yeah, whatever. It was, a, it was some negative and then wish it dead. Yep. So that um, was in the 3.5 version. Okay. Specifically. So I'll start with a... you, Caleb. Have you ever <laughs> actually used a Tarrasque in the I, game? I haven't. I always want to. But I have never, I'm not going to say never. I, I have run very high level games where a Trask would have been an excellent foe, but the story was either a one shot or it was in a different direction. So I've never run a campaign to deal with a Trask. It just never worked out. Um, I, and, and frankly, as cool as a monster it is, for the life of me, I just can't understand how to like use it effectively in a game. Uh, so I mentioned uh, Remy is still with us and uh, he called it a Tarasque as well. So it wasn't just a uh, silly Southern Kentucky boy thing. Uh, other people also have uh, tried that pronunciation. Uh, what about you, Chris? Have you ever used one of these in a game? No. I, I will say I ha was running an old 3.5 epic level game where I started the players off at 20th level. And the idea was to build up to where they could fight one. Once we got up high enough level, I actually had copies of their character sheets and I did a little mock run through just because I didn't want to completely kill everybody. And my mock run through killed everybody. <laughs> uh -oh. Well, that didn't work right. Yeah. Um, and, and I know there's builds that, people had in the past that you could kill a Tarrasque quick with certain spells and stuff, but my players didn't have those spells. So I was trying to see if they could do it with what they had and it, it didn't work. Um, the idea I had was, I mean, basically they were, since they were epic level, they worked for an interdimensional police that would go through and correct time. Mm -hmm. I stole it from like quantum leap from mm -hmm. when I was younger. You, you might, before you might have a loss. Maybe you have a lawsuit with some current IPs that are out there right well, now. Well, this is this is before that, but yeah, well, it was, yeah, I they based took your it, idea. Uh, yeah, I based on a quantum leap though. From when I was a kid, the idea is you know they're sent around only that Swiss cheese mind. But oh, Ziggy, yeah. Uh, and the, the ultimate fight was to protect planets from the Tarras coming in because there was an evil deity that used it to just destroy planets. And then he would come in and repopulate it the way he saw fit. Mm. That was the idea. So he would basically drop Godzilla and I used to, I would think of it. He'd kill everything and then this God would come through and redo everything. Um, but like I said, when I ran through the play tests, it, it just didn't work. And I was nervous that, you know, total party kill would not make things fun. And I didn't want to cheese the character or the, the creature too much. I didn't want to make it too easy for him because the players I had wanted the challenge. Like they enjoyed it when the combats got, you know, uh oh, you know, Caleb's character went down shoot we got to figure out how to solve this like they enjoyed those intense combats so i wanted to just mm -hmm. couldn't get it to work 
Have you gotten to use one, Michael? So sort of. Um, I have ran the same campaign three different times, and okay. a Tarasque was at the center of it each time. But at no point in those campaigns did we ever get to the point where the Tarasque became important. Um, I think Caleb actually may have played in one of these versions that, that never got there. I don't remember exactly, but I know I've ran it several times, I believe three. But the idea that I had, because I, I grew up watching the Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. I loved them, the, the really bad ones, you know, where oh. they would fight like a giant lobster. And then when they had a kid, <laughs> you know, Godzuki and like, you name the Godzilla movie, I probably watched it and loved it. And there was one, and I think it actually might be the one with a giant lobster where Godzilla is asleep. And there's like this research station that kind of prop pops up around it. And they're just like monitoring Godzilla, trying to keep him, her asleep. Mm-hmm. And then of course, the lobster monster shows up. I think this is the lobster monster one. Uh, and so they're like, oh God, we've got to wake Godzilla up because Godzilla is the only thing that can save us from this other thing, right? So that's what I wanted to do in a game where the idea is that the characters at a very low level would learn where the Tarrasque is currently asleep. And then later in the campaign, Orcus, the prince, demon prince, would come to that material plane and start banging shit around. And Mm -hmm. their only way to solve is like, well, we know where the Tarrasque is. Why don't we maybe wake it up and the Tarrasque can fight Orcus? So that was that was the plan. Never got there. So it never (laughs) even got close to that. But um, I still think that's an interesting idea. I can see now where that might be the big epic battle has nothing to do with like the decision is to wake up the Tarrasque. But at that point, you know, you're just kind of like watching two monsters fight, which may not be the most interesting thing. So I would have to find out some way to, to keep the players engaged as well. But I still think the, the nugget of the idea, there's something there, but again, never actually got, got to it. Well, you know, referencing back to Moon Knight, no spoilers, but there is a part in Moon Knight that kind of would be about that happening yeah there's definitely at least there's a couple images Mm -hmm. that like i was very much like hey that's kind of the thing i was trying to do right and in those scenes you kind of had two versions of Mm -hmm. the same fight maybe that's how you can keep it interesting yeah i mean you could do something similar to like an avatar situation where maybe the actions of the character or a character um influence the tarasks so like, like as I'm fighting, like, so rather than that fight determining the outcome, your fight determines that outcome. But you could yeah. just have it that there's a, a cult that has brought your demon prince in. The demon prince and the Tarrasque are fighting. Meanwhile, your players are over there fighting the cult to break up the ritual mm-hmm. to cause the demon prince to get sucked back into hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be an easy, easy way to keep the players involved. I've always felt that the Tarrasque is more like a force of nature. It's like a hurricane. Like, I don't, I don't like the idea of putting it in there for the players to poke with the stick till it dies as much as, okay, it's there. How do we keep it from doing tons of damage? You know, it's like, they're basically playing defense. Like the, you know, it's, it's rampaging across the countryside. They try to outrun it to the next village and evacuate, or they, you know, they try to minimize the damage. So I would use it characters way too low to even consider fighting it. But I don't know. I, the, the one time I played in the game where we got to face a Tarrasque was, as I've mentioned many times before, the worst 
game I've ever played in. It was the Tony campaign. I think I even mentioned that. So with like, we were leveling like four levels at a night, even though we didn't do anything. It was all just like the Tony show. And that was the epic climax of that campaign is we all just turned into giants for some reason. And then a Tarrasque showed up and then we fought the Tarrasque and very quickly one of us died. It was Brad. And so Tony didn't want Brad not to do have anything to do. So he's like, Hey, good. You can now play the Trask for the rest of the night. And then (laughs) we're like, well, then we're all going to die because if you actually play the Trask by the book, we're dead. And so Tony did some hand wavy stuff and we ended up winning, but it was, it was, it was a disaster. It was like the worst is like the most not fun version that you could ever imagine of that fight. Uh, So yeah, I've never had any positive experiences. It's funny when you were describing stopping the Trask, I could, I just picture the old Bugs Bunny with the Tasmanian devil and they have to just stop him. Mm-hmm. They can't get, they can't actually do anything. Just stop him and convince him to go somewhere else. Yeah. I just pictured a giant version of the Tasmanian devil whipping through yeah. something. Stop son. And isn't like the first um, episode of the old tick cartoon. Like there's a giant whale dude who's like jogging across the country, like Forrest Gump, but he's got like a Magnum PI mustache, but he's also like a Leviathan. And that's kind of the thing too, is it he's just running across the, countryside no one knows where he came from no one knows where he went and they're trying to figure out like what's going on and keep him from like smashing people i kind of it's all I remember from that episode is that arthur like flew into the mustache and was trying to like ask him questions i hope that's real because i want to watch that show it's, it's a thing I, I i don't remember but i know if you look up the tick cartoon there's absolutely an episode with a like just a gigantic leviathan sized dude like forrest gumping across the countryside for some oh, reason there you go yeah, there there have been uh, modules and campaigns that are built around doing unique things with the Trasks. But uh, the Trask has existed in all editions of D&D, and it's pretty much always described as this big thing that's asleep until it decides to wake up and kick some shit down. Mm-hmm. Which, like you were saying, it's a force of nature. It's kind of opposed with the concept of D&D, which D&D is like, here's a thing, go kill it. And then the Trask is a thing that you just, you don't want to interact with. Right. And I, I think it's more interesting, exactly like you said, it's not something that you can just kill. Yeah. It's, even if you knock it out, it's going to come back. So how do you deal with that in an interesting way? And I think mm-hmm. that is how you deal with it and and i think it's how you have fun with it it's if it's just a monster you can kill what's the point right and that's the concept i was trying to go for with that original idea is you know we're going to wake up the tarasque that's that's that you would never do that that's the nuclear option when does that become a good idea like i want that to be the only option and again trying to get the players to actually do that probably it probably would require so much you know, guiding hands of the DM, it would probably move into railroading, but that was the concept I was going for. Cause I just thought that was like the most interesting thing I could think of is why would you want to wake it up and then not fight it? Like, you know, not only are you not wanting to wake it up, but you decided to wake it up, but then not to kill it, but to have it try to solve your problem for you. Um, now I know James Introcaso, friend of the show. Um, he has a module. I think he wrote, or was one of the designers on is like the, the thousand terrasse or, or terrasque world. 
Uh, and it's a high level campaign where there's like a thousand different terrestrials that are like fighting each other. All I know, I've, I've seen the artwork and I've seen him like tweet about it at some time, but I haven't read it. So I can't speak more than that. I know that it's out there. Do you think that the Tarrasque was written originally just as a way for a, a GM just to almost punish the players? Yeah. I, I have to wonder if that's what it was. Cause again, those earlier editions, it was pretty much unkillable. So I have I mean, to imagine it's just the um, you you players get too powerful or you just need to swat them down. You throw that at them. I, I don't know, but yeah, that's that, that's my the vibe I get is that yeah, it's it's like the temple, you know, the tomb of tomb of horrors type of thing. It's like it's a correction, you know, system correction. Like oh, the players got too powerful. Now we bring this in. Yeah, or Ravenloft. That was a joke yeah. with the old original Ravenloft. This is where high char- high level characters go to die, <laughs> pretty which much. Is, which is horrible because it's it's actually if you really get into the lore of it, it's actually a really cool, you know, plane to go to or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I just think that's one that DMs don't know how to how to run properly back then. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the mindset again. I was the same way back then. I was very much a us versus them kind of punishing. Like, this is my story. You're just playing in it, sort of thing. Um, I would like to think if I ran a game now, it would be a lot more interesting, but maybe again, the idea and execution do matter, but I'm trying to think if there's any other way we could use a terrace that would be interesting where actually fighting it is like the goal, but it's not the, how how do you make that fun other than just like the capstone of a campaign where now you're high enough level that you can survive that fight. So I know that there is a campaign setting out there where it is a city built around a, a sleeping trask. Sort of. That's Salt of Wounds. We that actually one. did a show and tell on it many, many years ago. And my understanding is that the person never actually came out with it. It's one of those horror stories where they had a successful Kickstarter campaign and then kind of stopped. Oops. Yeah. Shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> well, but I think this one got a little further than some of the other more memorable ones that we all talk about sometimes on Discord to each other. Uh, <laughs> but it also does seem like it's become a sore spot too. It's almost like salt in the wound. Ah, I got there. <laughs> it was uh, a to joke some of the people the who backed time. it because uh, yeah. it has never come fully out. Isn't but, there somebody that runs a terrace game at conventions? Don't um, they bring like a, a cage with one in it? Yes. Oh I my God. I cannot. That. I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on the name. He's actually the guy who built our catacomb website and comes to a catacomb most years. I feel He's like one wears Rick, the kilt has the yeah. giant back tattoo name is completely effing escaping me. I'm so sorry. For some reason, I keep, I keep thinking John wick, but I'm like, no, that's a and movie. No, I think but, it might actually be a John. Oh my God. So yeah, yes. that's why I'm, I, I haven't played in it, but I always remember seeing that at conventions and thinking, I almost want to, I want to play in that game to see what he's done with it. Cause I think it'd be a pretty neat. And it's a popular game. People seem to love it. So I'd be curious to see how he does that and what he does with it. Yeah. John Arcadian. Thank you. There it is. Yep. I, told, I knew John Wick wasn't right, but I knew it was John something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like the, the, the way the creature is built, the way it is told to us in the lore, it's basically telling us you always want to avoid it. And if yeah. you have to fight it, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's time to switch planes. Right. Oh, hey, look, the Tarrasque is born on our world. Well, I'm get a high level wizard to jump us to a new world. Yeah, I think 
I think that the concept of like teaming up with it to take on a greater threat mm-hmm. is a very classic concept. I mean, Michael, you were talking about the Godzilla movies. Yeah, I mean, I stole it straight from the movie. I can't right. claim, yeah. Well, and I mean, even think about the, the 90s Godzilla movie. It spawned a cartoon where they had a baby Godzilla and they were like monster of the weaking other <laughs> mutants or aliens or robots. And they're like, oh, cool. Here's a robot. Here's Godzilla. Done. Next episode. <laughs> like, it. what else can you do with it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe it's sleeping on top of the MacGuffin you actually need. Ooh. So then the waking it up is just a, well, we have to wake it up to get this thing. Or, but, oh God, now we've we woken it, it up. Without waking it up. Yeah. yeah. So either can you do it without waking it up? Or if you mess up and wake it up, now you have, you know, it's like the, whenever I have a problem, I just throw a Molotov cocktail and boom, I've got a different <laughs> problem situation. <laughs> so a lot of the lore through the different editions, while it's changed a bunch, um, they do talk a lot about the treasure and what's in uh, wherever a trasp chooses to sleep. So like treasure hunting could be, uh, could be a, some sort of driving factor. Like you need the MacGuffin, you need a bunch of money. Oh, well, the, tra- the trask usually is tunneling through the earth so they probably have a bunch of gems and precious metals lying around or they've eaten it all. How do you get in there and get it? Or the players simply need to take a scale, skin, whatever the Tarrasque is covered in as, as part of a, a, some sort of spell component or something like that. And they're hired to sneak in and not wake it up. Mm-hmm. Trim its toenails, whatever, you know, get a body part off of it. That then be you, interesting. You, you pull the evil DM and it's a Deadpool 2 situation. It has such high regeneration that when you cut its foot off, it grows another Tarrasque. It's like, now Ooh. you have two of them. <laughs> what, if, what if you started a campaign and you had been swallowed by the Tarrasque? I feel like there's a game like that. Not the Tarrasque, but I feel like there's a game where you are inside a creature. I feel like you're right. It's a short game. <laughs> I mean that that's kind of a video gamey thing too. Uh like yeah. you jump into a giant monster and you have to cut its heart out or, or mm-hmm. fight your way out of But that makes no sense. The... the inside is just as strong as the outside. Uh Guardians <laughs> too, anybody? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that would be an interesting game. Yeah. Um, and think about everything that it's swallowed over the years. Yeah. I mean, it could and, be cities in there that are slowly digesting over thousands of years. Yeah. This is I know I've heard an actual play of this game. I know I have, but I don't remember what it's called. I don't know either. Or what about the ecology of what it might be inside of the Trask? I mean, if we're going into a more scientific, we always have organisms inside of us as, as people in real life. And we're regular people size. If there's a thing that is this big, the microorganisms inside of it might be our size. Ooh, an ancient plague has come back to the world. The cure is inside the Tarrasque. It's asleep. Get in there and get it. I like that one. It's like an inner space situation where the characters go inside the Tarrasque and like fight its microorganisms and white blood cells. And yes, 
Oh, or what if it's along those same lines? Cause I really love that idea. What if like another plane or another planet shunted the Trask to your world? And then, Hey, you can't park that there. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's not zoned <laughs> for that. <laughs> what if they need it back and they can't find it? Like, what if that was the world where the waking up the Trask hitting the nuclear button is what you need to fight the demon Lord, but they accidentally shift plane shifted it instead of letting it sleep at some point in the past. And now they came to look for it. So the game is like them hiring you to find it so they can zap it out to their world to fight kind of a variation on the same theme. Nothing really new, yeah. just a different flavor, mm-hmm. but See, I've got, me in the I've got players are smart ass enough that they would just be like, you can't find the Tarask. Borrow my glasses. It's right there. It's huge. <laughs> All right. Well, I, we will throw it out as always to the audience. If anyone out there is listening, has played in a game, either as a DM or a player that had a successful encounter with a Tarask, a memorable one, a fun one. I'd love to hear about it. John, if you are listening, I apologize for not knowing your name off the top of my head, but let us know about this game that you've ran because I, I have seen the the props that Chris is talking about. I remember you posting pictures about them, but I've never had a chance to play in the game. Uh, I would love to hear it. Uh, so we're now going to move into the absolute last part of the show. This is our audience Q&A. We do have a couple people that are hanging out with us. So if anybody has any questions for Chris, Caleb, or myself, uh, we'll give you a couple seconds because uh, I know there's a little bit of a delay. While we're waiting for that, we do have the one question that we ask everybody. And I don't remember if Caleb's ever been asked this or not. So I'll ask him now. So Caleb, let's imagine that someone's making an action figure of you. What are the three accessories that are going to come in your uh, packaging? Um, coffee cup, mm-hmm. my, my, uh, tinted yellow glasses mm-hmm. and what else would come in my coffee cup? My bike. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. What kind of bike do you have? Um, it's got two wheels, mm-hmm. front and back, side to side. No, two two side by side, and then I'm like running behind it the whole way. It's really hard. I don't know why it's so hard. It's like a wheelbarrow. Got it. It's right. just a wheelbarrow. Yeah, it's uh, it's a Trek. If that brand means anything to anybody, it's it's a, it's a regular price bike. Uh, I just took it to the shop actually to get it tuned up because last year when I rode it, uh, as I was like eighteen miles into my ride, the chain popped off. Oh. So I want to get that fixed before I ride this year. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what where would I, what would I do to upgrade this bike or buy a new one? And the person at the shop was like, well, really the next step up from your bike is about $2300. Yeah. I'm good. And I'm like, nope. How about you just kick <laughs> me in the nuts instead? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will you give me $2300 if you do that? I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. I've heard the way to do that with bikes is to talk to somebody who can build them. Yeah. And you buy the parts and you, you build them. I've got a friend. That's what he does. He actually works for a bike shop in town and he'll build bikes for people in his spare that's time. So cool. Yeah. Or you um, just buy like one of those $30 bolt cutters and just go walking around, find one <laughs> can of spray paint. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. You have sure to change the license works. plate. Yeah. yeah. There's no license. Yeah. You're right. No licenses. I, I always, like- in the, 
in the back of my head, I always picture the old Calvin and Hobbes comic strips because the dad in Calvin and Hobbes was a cyclist. And there were always those Sunday panels or single panels in the books that was like him fixing the bike in the garage and messing it up. And then Calvin making fun of him. And I'm like, that's, that's going to be me when Mox grows up, I'm going to be out in the garage trying to change a tire, ripping my hand open. And she's going to be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, dad, they pay people to do this. Go yeah. pay that guy. Yeah. It makes, makes my heart warm. Cause I'm like, Oh, I grew up reading these and now I'm that guy. And now you are the thing. Yeah. I do like dry oatmeal too. Oh. Ooh. All right. We haven't had any questions come in, so uh, we'll we'll leave it open just for a few more minutes. But while we're waiting, uh, one last time around the horn, everybody can use your socials, let people know where they can find you. So we'll start with you, Caleb. Where can they find you? And once again, where can they find your charity? So I am online at the Caleb G. You can hear me here. You can hear me over on Identico. Uh, Chaos Inc. is taking a couple months hiatus between season one and season two. Uh, if you haven't been listening to that, these episodes will be uploaded to their podcast and YouTube stream. Uh, that game started and ended in very different places. <laughs> it was a great game uh, if you like cyberpunk. Um, and you can follow our charity work, 0.5past.org is the website. And on the socials, that is P, the number five, and past. So. Very, very cool. Um, Chris, what about you? Uh, Burlu underscore Chris on Twitter. Easiest way to get me. Uh, you can still catch up on some old episodes of Redemption. Uh, we're taking the summer off just because life got too complicated with scheduling. Uh, we're going to be back, though, sometime after the summer is done and kicking off what, we're, what we've announced is the final season of Redemption. Ooh, final so. season. Seven years. Seven years. And we're going to wrap it up. And uh, move on to some other stuff. Be fun. Very cool. Very excited to see how it ends up. Very excited to see what you and the rest of the crew uh, get up to after that. Uh, Ramey just pointed out, I I did mention, I'll mention again, we are starting our new Starter Adventures streaming show. Our first episode is going to be this Sunday. It's going to be Star Wars Force and Destiny with Chris as our GM. Myself and Caleb are going to be two of the players. We have uh, two others lined up. Uh, the idea is we're going to play through the starter set for the Force and Destiny box set and kind of evaluate how good of a job it does at doing what it thinks it's trying to do. And that's introduce players to that setting and that system. Uh, we're, I think Alien is going to be the next one with Big Al. And then we've got like, I don't know, 30 or 40 different games that we've got uh, sort of chosen. We're just going to organize and, you know, when we get a player, when we get DMs, that kind of thing. Uh, some I'll be running, some I'll be playing in. Uh, by the time this comes out on the audio only feed, that will have already happened because it's going to be on Sunday and this won't come out until after that. Uh, but just you know, as always, follow us at the twitch.tv slash the RPG Academy. Follows are great. Subscriptions even better. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll get the, all the new stuff that we're doing. I'm also right now playing Super Metroid. I think my next session will be a session 11 or 12. I'm getting pretty close to wrapping that up. I don't know what I'm going to be playing next. Uh, we do this show every other week on Wednesday. Tom is currently on hiatus from his. They, they finished up their Ghosts of Saltmarsh 5e campaign. 
he wants to start another actual play, but we don't know what it's going to be yet or when it's going to start. So again, as always with us, everything's kind of sporadic. Uh, and you can find it, me at the RPG Academy. So that'll do it forever for us tonight. Thank you, everybody hanging out. Thank you, Ramey. Thank you, New York Tater. Anybody else watching or listening in the future? Uh, we'll see you next time. Everybody do the awkward wave out while I look for the button. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.